Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. You're listening to BGN Radio with Brandon Lee Gowton and Jimmy Kemsky. What's going on, everybody? This is BGN Radio, episode number 236. Who cares? With me, as always, is Brandon Lee Galton of PuddingGreenNation.com. I'm Jimmy Kemsky from PhillyVoice.com, fresh off of my week-long vacation. Thank you to the Philadelphia Eagles for not doing anything of note over the past week. So I wasn't going to do anything about it anyway, unless there was some major news uh, like trade for Russell Wilson, somebody dies, something like that. Jeez. So. Uh, thank you for nobody dying, and thank you to the Eagles and Howie Roseman for not doing anything of note over the past week. Much, much appreciated. We are recording this on February 14th, Valentine's Day, Monday morning. Excuse me, no, Monday afternoon now, 1217. Uh, Brandon, happy Valentine's Day, buddy. Happy Valentine's Day, Jimmy. Happy day after the Super Bowl. Also coming off of that, kind of a big thing. Um I want to give the listeners slash our production, aka Rochelle, a head our producer, a heads up. Uh, I've been having power issues, so hopefully that doesn't go out and doesn't you know chop up the episode in any way. So if in case that does happen later on, just you were warned. But hopefully that doesn't happen. Um, a lot of stuff to talk about, Jimmy. Despite the fact that you know it's not necessarily the busiest time for the mm-hmm. Philadelphia Eagles. But before we get into what we have on today's show, just want to tell you that BGN Radio. Sponsored by Righteous Felon Craft Jerky. Go to RighteousFelon.com. Discount code BGN15 for 15% off. Hopefully you already had some for the Super Bowl. If not, uh, still plenty of time to snack this year, believe it or not. You know, we're only in February. So get those snacks. Enjoy them. RighteousFelon.com. Discount code BGN15. So the only news of note over the we last recorded, well, what would you say it was? February 4th. So it's been a while. And the only news of note was actually non-news, and it was that Jonathan Gannon did not get the Texans' head coaching job, so he will presumably be back with the Philadelphia Eagles in 2022. Brandon, is that a good thing? (laughs) So we've already talked about Gannon here in the offseason, and I think I've been consistent in my stance that I don't necessarily think the Eagles need to fire him, but I don't also think that they should be thrilled that he's back. I've seen some suggest it's a good thing that he's coming back for next year because, you know, maybe continuity and to get him more talent and everything. But, and maybe that's true. Maybe Jonathan can be better in 2022. I can't mm-hmm. say that's impossible, but based on what he did in 2021, I don't think that's the most likely thing because as you've said before, the defense underachieved. There's a, there's a stronger argument for that then they overachieved. Mm-hmm. Let me just read you some of the rankings from 2021 and shout out to our good friend, Deniz, uh, who tweeted these 
Eagles defense, 25th overall in DVOA, 17th in EPA per play, 22nd in success rate by EPA, 20th in points per drive, 25th in turnovers per drive, 29th in red zone touchdown percentage. So not the greatest numbers there. And I also contextualize this a little bit further on my own in terms of you look at Jonathan Gannon's seven games against playoff teams. The Eagles allowed 34.7 points per game. Yeah, not great. <laughs> and even if you want to take out the week 18 game against the Cowboys, which, okay, okay, that number drops down to 32, which is still really bad. Because for perspective here, like the team that allowed the most points per game on the whole season in 2021 was the Jets, and they allowed 29.4. Mm. So just to put that number in context, it's a really bad number. And I have to bring it up because I brought it up a billion times and then keep on doing it because I can't wrap my head around it. If Tom Brady, Jimmy, completes 1.6% more of his attempts in the Eagles playoff loss <laughs> yeah. to the Bucks, then the Eagles will have allowed six quarterbacks to complete 80 plus percent last season, which obviously is the combined amount they allowed from 1950 to 2020. So like spare me the, this is a great thing. Yeah. I mean, uh, I do kind of understand the, uh, the argument that if he does come back, presumably they'll be better in, you know, 2022 in that there's no learning curve in terms of getting up to speed with a, with a new defense. So I get all that. Um, but yeah, I mean, like you said, you just said all the numbers, like, I mean, they're, they're pretty self-explanatory really. And, uh, and when you also consider that the numbers weren't, you know, were, were as bad as, as, as they, as you just read off, they had just a long string of terrible quarterbacks that they also faced during the season. We got into all this uh, plenty during the season and after the season. I don't think we really need to relitigate the whole uh, is Jonathan Gannon good or bad uh, conversation. But um, yeah, I mean, he. So, but the bottom line is that the Texans went in a different direction. They hired uh, Lovey Smith. Uh, so uh, Jonathan Gannon will again, presumably be back with the Eagles. The one thing that I, that I, um, uh, I sort of gathered uh, about the Eagles was that I think at some point they probably thought there was about a 50, 50 chance that he was going to get that job uh, or not. And now that he's back, I know that they, uh, I shouldn't say I know that, but uh, that my, my, my understanding was that they didn't want to change the scheme mm. uh, if Jonathan Gannon had left. Uh, so they were probably going to hire from within as opposed to look, I think I can say this now, but as, as opposed to, um, you know, looking to the outside for an outside hire, like, um, uh, like who were some of the candidates? Like Vic Fangio. Vic, Vic Fangio was one who looks Wink like he's going to be taking, he looks like he's going to be taking a year off by the way, Vic Fangio. And then maybe, <laughs> Maybe Gannon's replacement next year. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, you know, we'll see. But uh, but but uh, my understanding is that they didn't plan on, you know, getting outside of the scheme and they were probably going to hire the defensive coordinator from within, um, which isn't super surprising. I mean, they, they've sort of hired from within. Uh, they've moved head coaches up the chain uh, in the past. So, you know, not not a not a big surprise there. But again, Gannon will, will almost certainly be back. Um, so, you know, year two. Cannon, Sirianni, Michael Clay. We'll see how it goes year two. And again, I think there are some reasons for optimism. I think the defense, in theory, could have some more talent. Um, especially, you know, they had some picks in the draft. They have some cap space to work with. There's potential for the defense to have some more talented players and add some more playmakers. But, mm -hmm. I mean, we better see some improved results because if we don't, then... Like, I mean, maybe he'll still get head coaching buzz inexplicably because he did this year and teams will revisit that. But I think the bar needs to be raised. Like the defense, I, I keep coming back to how you measured it. They underperformed. 
they can't underperform again, like a second year in a row, right? Yeah, I thought that if you look at like how they got to the playoffs, how they got to be nine and eight, it was the run game. <laughs> like that's that's the part of the team that really overperformed was the, on the offensive side of the ball, specifically, you know, the offensive line and the rushing attack that they sort of found midway through the season. Uh, but I think sort of all other areas of the team, you know, kind of didn't, you know, live up to, um, I wouldn't say expectations, but they, they didn't um, sort of play to the level of like where you'd be really happy about it. I think that, you know, the one aspect of the team was the rushing attack and that aspect of the team, obviously, I mean, they were the number one run, run offense in the NFL. So they wildly overachieved, but like the defense as a whole underachieved, the passing offense, in my opinion, sort of underachieved. Uh, but the, the, the strength of the team obviously was that was that rushing attack, and uh, to be determined if they can st- sustain that in 2022. But um, you know the defense as a whole, I mean, just some of those games that you mentioned where they had this the, the quarterback that were completing 80 percent of the passes, just so easy for them uh, during those games. Like just the, forget like what it said on the stat sheet. Like obviously 80 percent completion percentage is crazy. Derek Carr was even over 90, uh, but just to watch those games and and the ease with which teams just marched down the field, like no resistance whatsoever. Pass rush didn't get home. And, you know, the, yet they had the the safeties parked a mile off the line of scrimmage and everything was just open underneath. Uh, you have, you know, linebackers that were sort of challenged uh, in terms of, you know, trying to cover like a huge area in the middle of the field, just couldn't do it. And uh, teams, you know, the good quarterbacks just ate them apart in that part of the field. And I think people defending Gannon will say that a lot of those games were earlier in the year and maybe, and I I think there is some level of grace to be had for a first time head coach, a first time coordinator and, you know, Nick Sirianni and Gannon. So I do like acknowledge that to some extent, but I mean, not again. And I said the defense like wasn't the reason they lost to the Bucks in Tampa in the playoffs. It also wasn't like great. And it didn't, I don't think it should have made you feel like they definitely have this thing turned around defensively and they have all the answers now. I mean, the, the bottom line is the defense still was never good enough to beat <laughs> a playoff caliber team. Yeah. Um, except, you know, maybe like the 49ers game when they allowed what 17 points or whatever, but yeah, it's Jimmy G like not the best quarterback in the world. So um, yeah, so we'll see. I, I think there's reason for some optimism in year two. I'm not saying like Gannon's hopeless again, and I don't think you have to fire him, but I think there needs to be a lot of pressure on him. Like this can't just be like, you know, uh, modest strides. No, I think he needs to take like big strides near two. So the other bit of news moving on from Gannon. Um, and again, this isn't news because there's no announcement or anything like that, but I, it, it does look like uh, Jason Kelsey is probably going to be returning for another year this year. Uh, obviously coming off the first team, all pro nod deservedly, in my opinion, uh, from hips, from his perspective, you have to imagine that it's, you know, hard to give up doing something when, you're literally the best person in the world at, at what you do playing center in the NFL. So um, it, it, he's it looks like he's going to be back based on interviews that he had. I guess was it was it with Les and uh, at, like down at the Pro Bowl. I don't know where he actually talked to him again. I was on vacation, so I'm not like super up on exactly what happened. But um, it, it does look like he's going to. Maybe you can probably answer that better than me. Yeah. So Jeff McLean had written a story about how people around Jason Kelsey believe he's leaning towards coming back okay. even though Kelsey himself uh, at the Super Bowl because uh, you know he was one of the Walter Payton man of the year right. candidates um, and had, flip-flops and uh, and like yeah. sort of a, a, a sort of suit <laughs> <laughs> had said uh, that 
you know, he hasn't decided yet. There's some factors he has to weigh. And I don't, when Jason Kelsey says that, not that I think people are doubting him, but I think some athletes might say that, but actually might have their mind up. I think, you know, he really is genuinely weighing it and thinking about it and isn't necessarily mm-hmm. ready to rush. I think all his comments seem to indicate, you know, if you're trying to look for if he's leaning one way or the other, it would be he's coming back. But, you know, what if he wakes up one day and he's like, you know what, actually, I'm, I just can't do this anymore. Like my body and I'm having a family here and I just I just don't want to do it. Um, so that's always possible. You can't just say it's a 100 percent chance he's back. But, you know, if I had if I had to guess one way or the other, I would say it is more likely than not he's back in part just because he's playing at such a high level still. Yeah, I mean, like, um. When I look back to last year and whether he was going to come back or not, the team was seemingly in just horrid shape. Like they're coming off the four eleven and one season. They have all kinds of cap issues. It didn't look like there's any way that they're going to be and competitive. I mean, certainly they were never at any point any kind of like Super Bowl contender or anything like that. But um, they didn't look like they were even going to be competitive. Made uh, legitimate strides, in my opinion, in, in 2021. And obviously, you, you see, you know, one of the two teams in the Super Bowl that just played here in the Bengals, they're 4 11 and 1 a year ago themselves, 2 and 14, I think, uh, the year before that. So, you know, fortunes can kind of turn quickly uh, in the NFL. And the NFC kind of like isn't looking very strong at the moment, um, kind of wide open. I mean, you look at the Rams, they're a highly flawed team and they make it to the Super Bowl. They win the Super Bowl. Um, so, you know, I have no inside information on whether I think he's going to, whether he's going to be back or not, but, but I kind of think he is. It's worth noting though, that like, it's not just a matter of, you know, Kelsey says, I'm back. Yay. <laughs> like they have to actually, you know, co- co- negotiate a new contract because the way it works is his contract will uh, basically void on uh i think it's june 3rd i want to say um so he effectively played in 2021 on a nine million dollar contract so they have to basically do a new deal um this off season if he is going to return to the eagles highest paid center in the nfl i believe is frank ragnow uh, of the lions who is making i think 13 and a half million dollars and with kelsey having just come off first team all pro season where you know he's the best center in the NFL it wouldn't be crazy for him to say well I'd like to be the highest paid center in the NFL for one year uh so you know the, the Eagles and, and and Kelsey will have to you know sort of figure out um what he's going to make in 2022 if indeed he does decide that he wants to play another year and I don't think that should be hard I mean probably not a huge like, hurdle yeah yeah if, if you want him back you'll find a way to yeah. pay him and make that work um do you think, Jimmy, that the Eagles have to give him any other assurances, more than money, to kind of, you know, convince him to come back? I don't know. I mean, I don't know what kind of assurances he would be looking for, but um, certainly, I mean, not certainly, but I, I would say that he doesn't want to come back to, you know, a team that isn't, you know, doesn't at least have a chance to compete for a Super Bowl, I guess, because, um, you know, what's the point? I mean, I guess I kind of thought that last year too, and he still came back. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of hard to say, but um, I don't know how much the Eagles would let uh, Kelsey in on what their offseason plans are or not. But uh, certainly if they did have, um, you know, big plans for uh, free agency or the draft or, you know, they, they sort of plan on, you know, making a big move for a quarterback or something like that. I imagine they'd probably communicate that to him to sort of nudge him in the direction of coming back. Right. I mean, I think that only kind of makes sense. Uh, So again, I don't know if anything like that actually happened or not, Uh, but I do think it is a good sign 
that uh that, that if he is if he is coming back anyway that at least he thinks it's worthwhile enough uh to to come back and and put his body in in, in you know some in significant danger uh for for the rest of his for the rest of his life uh, to come back and play for one more year i would say that it would not be unprecedented for the eagles to consult with a player uh on personnel matters i mean they did that mm-hmm. with carson wentz back when they had him kind of work out all those receivers sure. leading up to the 2017 nfl draft um i know fletcher cox has had like you know if we've seen stories of that over the year influence and in both like i think coaching hires at like yep. you know defensive line coach and um and maybe some personnel and and stuff like that jason peters having a say at maybe who plays guard next to him sometimes uh some different things like that so uh, not out of the question that that could be happening. Um, but I guess that's all I had on Jason Kelsey. Yeah, cited a bunch of examples there. Nice work by you. It's almost like I cover <laughs> the Eagles full time. <laughs> all right, let's take a first break here. Um, we are probably going to have a little bit of a shorter show since nothing has been going on. Uh, Brandon, are you aware of where people can find delicious meat snacks? Jimmy, I was hoping you would ask me this. Um, because I do know the answer to that question. And it, it's at RighteousFelon.com. Use discount code BGN15 for 15% off your order. What are you getting when you're getting Righteous Felon Craft Jerky? Well, Jimmy and audience, gentle listeners, you're getting high-quality meat snacks or non-meat snacks. They have other options for you, too, if you happen to not eat meat. Um, so you can check it all out on the website and find what you want. You get a discount. You're helping support a local business. You're helping support BGN Radio, helping support yourself by getting some good snacks. Uh, wouldn't it just be nice, maybe, like if you're one of these people in your life living week to week in terms of your snack options that you could maybe just get a bunch, then you're set for like a month or whatever. You got all your snack or a couple weeks. So it's an option for you at RightToSellEm.com. Discount code BGN15 for 15% off Jimmy. It's almost stupid if you don't, frankly. <laughs> anyway, back after this. Fair point. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? 
Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Back here on BGN Radio, Jimmy. What do we got next? So let's look around uh, at the rest of the NFL. Um, some things happened uh, on Super Bowl Sunday. And there was a report that from Chris Mortensen of ESPN. He didn't tweet it or anything like that. He just said it on TV. I have the transcript here if you want me to read it, Jimmy. Oh, yeah. Let it, let it rip. But he, he essentially said that, that the Colts are likely done with him uh, in, in Indianapolis, whether that be via trade uh, or outright release. So, yeah, hit, hit us with it. All right. Begin quote. For Carson Wentz in the Indianapolis Colts, it looks bleak. Yes, the Colts did not give him support verbally after the season. Said that they weren't guaranteeing him anything. Well, right now, it looks bleak. And by March 18, which is the start of the new league year, he'll probably be traded or released. That's when $15 million of his base salary is guaranteed. So for Carson Wentz and the Colts, it looks like a one-year marriage that went wrong. Oof. <laughs> and to me, like, I thought that was a pretty easy decision for them. I'm pretty sure I said that on the podcast. I definitely wrote it. Um, but it's actually like that they're actually going through with it, like that they're actually, you know, probably going to move on from him is a different story. Like after having given up the the assets that they did to get him, obviously the third round pick in 2021 and then the second round pick that eventually became a first round pick in 2022. It was fun, obviously, covering that all year, you know, sort of tracking uh, Carson Wentz's snap counts and such. But I mean, the bottom line is he was basically the same. He was To me, he was like sort of a, a hybrid version of what he was in like 2019, where you'd see some, you know, occasional greatness from him. For example, like the end of the, the uh, Colts Cardinals game where he just made some spectacular throws in that game. Um, and it, so it was a little bit of a combination of, you know, the, 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 the stats like looked good on paper, like they did for, for him in, in 2019 with the Eagles. And there were moments of, you know, 2020 wins where he just tried to play hero ball all day and couldn't do it and made a lot of stupid mistakes, turn the ball over by interception, fumble, etc. And there were just, you know, too many instances of, of him, not hitting the quote-unquote layups, um, as uh, Doug Peterson objected to uh, with me last year. Uh, but uh, so, uh, we just sort of saw that over again uh, at times with him during during the, the Colts' 2021 season. And the two big examples, obviously, were Week 17 uh, against the Raiders. Uh, I believe they lost that game when uh, Carson Wentz missed badly, actually, a wide-open T.Y. Hilton that probably would have gone for like a like a sixty yard touchdown or something like that. Um, he they make he makes that throw, super easy throw. He makes that throw and they're pro- they're almost certainly going to win that game. And then the Jaguars game, uh, week eighteen at the end of that season, they win either of those two games against the Raiders or the Jaguars. They're in the playoffs and it's just a total outright disaster. And like the the big play in that game uh, was when he was getting sacked. We tried to. Trying to throw a shovel pass, <laughs> like gets like you know, just it winds up being a fumble. Uh, Jaguars recover. I believe they scored on on the ensuing play. He had, he had several other you know moments like that throughout the season. One notable one was against the Titans, I think it was, where he was about to take a sack. Uh, I think it was in the end zone, maybe, and he 
threw a left-handed pass. And of course that got picked off and returned for a touchdown. Uh, so, I mean, there, he, he is what he is at this point in his career, I believe. And uh, for the Colts to ride with him for another year with the outstanding roster that they have, in my opinion, it's a good defense. They have the best running back in the NFL. I know they're, they had some injury issues on their offensive line, but it's a super talented offensive line. They can't waste that roster again uh, on another year of Carson Wentz. So, Kudos to them for sort of having self-awareness of, of, you know, they made a bad deal. I mean, they made a terrible trade and kudos to them for, for moving on instead of sort of trying to ride it out for one more year. Yeah. If you're keeping him, it's just some cost fallacy and it's really hard. I think to bring him back after, I don't like, uh, yes, both of those losses, but especially the week 18 Jags loss, like Mm -hmm. it's the team picking number one overall in the NFL draft. Like you can't (laughs) beat this team with the playoffs on the line. Like, come on. Like, that that was just terrible if you're a Colts fan. Like, I just don't – you can't sell that. You know, I think it's always important, not necessarily in terms of actual smart football move, but teams have to think about, to some extent, like, how do we sell this to our fan base? I just don't think you can sell that at all. Like, how, how are fans going to be on board with that? Like, you just need to give him another year? Like, I don't think so. And, you know, Carson Wentz hurt himself by not getting vaccinated and potentially, you know, risking missing time, which he ultimately didn't. But he didn't really play well after those games late in the season when he did test positive for COVID. So did that impact him? I don't know, but you can wonder if it did. And also it clearly didn't like ingratiate himself to ownership and the fan base and, and like everyone there it didn't, it didn't help him at all. It's again, not the only reason he struggled, but, and it's not even just about like the vaccine, like whether you believe, you know, vac- vaccinated or not to me, it was like the, what goes behind that, like the pattern of behavior, the, I know more than you, I can do whatever I want. It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. The selfish selfish was literally one of the words that was listed in the headline on that Philly voice article by our good friend, Joe Santaloquito. Like that was one of the uncompromising, like this is, this is him. This is him. It was said a couple years ago. A lot of people didn't want to believe it at the time. And it just turned out to be completely true. And I think we were in a similar boat for a long time where we were both in on Carson Wentz for years. And honestly, I would say going into the 2020 season, like I was still kind of, I still believed in him. I like this. He could yeah, be the guy. I did have some doubts though. I did, you know, I did say at the time, mm, like sure. he had a really bad training camp, especially I was like, eh, I don't, I don't love how this is trending, but like, okay, <laughs> I don't know what to fully make of that. I'll give him some grace. And as soon as I saw him struggle early in 2020, I was like, okay, that training camp was pretty concerning. And the season is pretty concerning. And I was just done with him. And it wasn't just about, it's never just about the physical ability. Like, it's not just about that. That's that's part of the equation for sure, which, by the way, I think has clearly diminished in his case since not only no the ACL injury, but the the concussion with Clowney, too. I don't think that did him any favors. Mm-hmm. Um, and just really everything he's been through. And, yeah, he's just not changing. This is going to be like his age 30 season, I believe, coming up. He still fumbles all the time. Like, this is not a guy who is an elite quarterback by any stretch. And you're kind of paying him like one on his contract. And obviously what the Colts gave up for him. And let me give some credit to Howie Roseman here. Cause I rip him a lot, but geez, I mean, he pants Chris Ballard. I guess it's an embarrassing <laughs> trade for Chris Ballard. Yeah. And this whole idea, by the way, and I think this is relevant to the Eagles. Now, some people might be like, why are you talking about Carson Wentz? Cause I think there are some relevant things here. And one of them is, a lot of people at this very time last year, literally like one year ago, because I don't think Carson Wentz was traded to like the 17th or 18th, were like, 
we got to fix Carson Wentz. We can, you know, we can fix it. Nick Sirianni is going to come in, whatever. Like that was never going to happen. And even after he was traded, a lot of people thought like Frank Reich was going to fix him. And that also didn't happen. Not every player can be fixed magically by coaching. Like that's not a real thing, especially when that player isn't coachable, which was a big issue with him. And to Jalen Hurts credit, and I said this at the time last year, it was a reason why I thought there's some hope for Jalen Hurts moving forward because he is. But I just want to compare those things because I think a lot of the same people I saw like defending Carson Wentz at every length last year are some of the same people I see defending like Jalen Hurts at every length last year. And that doesn't mean the situations are going to play out the same, but I just think that's kind of something to remember here. And uh, because I, I, it, I, it's not about me, like I'm not a victim or anything, but like, I feel like I got a lot of crap last year when even, even, <laughs> even late in this season, like when the Colts, they're playing on what Christmas or whatever. And they're playing the Cardinals. I tweeted like early in that game because Wentz was not looking good. I said like Colts need to really think about a new quarterback <laughs> next year. And like if you look at all the replies to that tweet, and that was on like, December twenty fifth or whatever, people were like <laughs> like destroying me in my mentions, especially because he came back to help the yeah, Colts yeah, beat yeah, a course. bad Cardinals team at the end of the year. <laughs> like getting yeah. obliterated for this. I'm like, like, are you watching the games? <laughs> like the whole bigger picture? Like he stinks out there. Yeah. And it's again, it's not just about the numbers and everything and the talent. It's also about the attitude. And he's he's just not a guy who's a leader. And that's important for a quarterback position. Like it's not just about the vocal stuff, but in terms of accountability and, and trying to get better and not just on your own terms and being coachable and and you know, not thinking you're above everyone else. So it's it's just honestly like people say like I hate Carson Wentz. I've I've seen that. I really don't. Like I feel I, I like it kind of sucks that it reached this. I never wanted it to reach this point. It's kind of it's like a bummer that like it, it went into this, but this it is what it is. So I'm just trying to call it like what it is at this point. Yeah, the big thing for me was the accountability or the complete lack thereof. I mean, he'd have these horrible games and he'd sort of brush them off like it was like like he wasn't really like responsible for 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 the way they went. And we're talking about 2020 here, of course. Um, and then also like you don't really know what somebody is when things are going well. You kind of get to know them when they have some adversity put in front of them and the Eagles drafted Jalen Hurts in the second round, by the way. Like we're not talking about you – know, they didn't use a first-round pick on him or anything like that. But they drafted a quarterback and he felt threatened by it, didn't like it. Um, and then, of course, when he got benched, he handled that horribly. Like he even admitted after the season he thought about, oh, I got to get out of here literally during that game when he was standing on the sideline. So like that was his first inclination was to think I got to get out of here because he got benched for deservedly, by the way, for playing horribly uh, at that during that game and, and in the games leading up uh, to, to that game in green Bay. So um, yeah, I mean the, the Eagles, like you said, credit to Howie Roseman for, um, I mean, I, one of my big criticisms of, of Howie Roseman over the years, or more, maybe even more recently, is that he's overrated his own players. But in this case, uh, finally, he, he sort of recognized that uh, that that this guy was just not going to going to be the answer in Philadelphia. And of course, Carson Wentz wanted out too, um, which is which factors in, of course. Uh, but you know, kudos to Howie for for making him somebody else's problem. I mean, this was very apparent to me last year, like when he was traded. And again, I'm not trying to say like, I'm right. I know everything. But like this, I'm just saying the evidence was there. Like I knew he wasn't going to succeed in Indianapolis because when I saw him at his uh, press conference, his first press conference with the Colts, he thought he shouldn't have even been benched. <laughs> like he was <laughs> yes. like, I thought it was over in Philly when I got taken out of the Packers game. Are you kidding me, bro? Like you sucked. Of course you should have been benched. 
Like, what are you talking about? Like, he's just totally not self-aware at all. And again, not accountable. Like, it's it's just crazy to me that, I don't know, people thought he could be fixed. I thought that was insane last year. Like, how? Like, what, the guy who doesn't want to be coached, you're just going to coach him up. Okay, that's really going to work. Um, so, again, it's a bummer. Uh, it'll be interesting to see where he goes next, right? Like, I yeah, can't. I can't. So- I can never see him being a backup, Jimmy. I can never see him being a backup in the NFL. I can't can't see it. It's like Sam, like not, it's a different situation uh, a little bit, but like Sam Bradford never was a backup. He was when he Mm -hmm. got like hurt in Case Keenum, whatever, but like he never signed with a team after that just to be a backup. And he wouldn't because he, because he kind of had that same thing. Like I'm the starter. I was the number one overall pick. I'm not a backup. Mm -hmm. I feel like Carson Wentz is the same way. Yeah. I mean, some of these guys have never been backups in their lives. Wentz was, I guess, uh, early in his career at North Dakota State. Um, but yeah, I mean, he, he's either going to be a, a starter for a bad team or he's going to have to be a backup if he wants to stay in the league. I think the, like, you know, there, there are places like maybe like Buffalo where he might make sense as, as, as a backup or something like that. But I think more likely he's going to land with, uh, some garbage team like Houston, maybe, <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't I'd know. I think they, again. I think they'd rather have Davis Mills. <laughs> very very well could be yeah um but i mean yeah it's 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 going to be interesting to to sort of see where where he does end up and another lesson learned here by the way is just don't trade for an eagles quarterback <laughs> he now yeah. joins the likes of like you mentioned sam bradford uh, uh kevin cobb aj Feely. McNabb, aj Feely, and right on kelly the line kelly holcomb is another one yeah uh rodney pete uh Matt Barkley, they didn't get any Mark Sanchez, Joe Flacco this year. Uh, so there's, there's a, I mean, the Eagles trade quarterbacks more than uh, any other team in the league, I have to imagine. Um, but yeah, it's a, and they, ne- it never works. It never, ever pans out for the team that trades for an Eagles quarterback. It just did maybe a, a tiny bit for like a few, like, didn't the Vikings start out like five and oh with, uh, with, uh, Sammy Sleeves? And then the Eagles actually were the first team to beat them, I think, that year. And then it all went downhill from yes. there uh, for that Viking season. But the, I think that was like the only – that season there was like a glimmer of hope. And there were certain parts during the Colt season, like you mentioned, when you're getting all that crap on Christmas or whatever it was, uh, where it was like, oh, wow, he's starting to come around a little bit. And the Colts are going to – I mean, they were like almost locks to make the playoffs. And when they were, what, nine and six? And um they dropped those final two games. I think they were over like 95% likelihood yeah. to get into the playoffs. Like when they were at nine com. And six. Yeah. Yeah. So, and they blow it. I mean, they just totally blow it. So <laughs> like, it, it, it always ends up badly for the team uh, trading for an Eagles quarterback. Except I think like Sonny Jurgensen is like the. Yeah. 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 I mean, we're but, talking about. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Modern. Modern um, NFL. Yeah, I can't even speak to that at all. I just always remember people bringing that up. So, so there you go. Yes. This is the one time you get all the old heads go. Oh, what about Sonny Jurgensen, yeah. you whippersnapper? <laughs> <laughs> While we're on the quarterback subject, mm-hmm. uh, also not news, but um, stop uh, underselling uh, everything, Jimmy. You gotta, you gotta get the people <laughs> excited. You gotta get the listeners jazzed up. You gotta add some pizzazz. But there was uh, an interesting point made by not point, but. Uh, opinion i guess we'll call it by albert breer of sports illustrated who um seemed convinced that russell wilson would eventually be headed to the new orleans saints but with sean payton uh no longer with the saints um he thinks that that's probably off the table um 
you know, Russell Wilson going to the Saints will probably, you know, go into more of a, a rebuild there, which is, I think, overdue, frankly. Um, and he, Breer, uh, sort of turned his attention on the Russell Wilson front to the Eagles, which uh, is interesting, of course. The Eagles make sense as a trade partner, seeing as they have uh, definitely not a sure thing at this point in Jalen Hurts, and they have a uh, a ton of draft capital uh, to make that happen if they wanted to go that route. So we've talked plenty about Russell Wilson in the past. I think that's probably only going to ramp up uh, over the next few weeks as we sort of get into the new league year, which is the begin, uh, which is like in the middle of uh, March. Uh, of course, we have seen over the past couple of years that quarterback trades don't wait until the uh, new league year in the middle of March. We saw Alex Smith get traded the week of the Eagles Super Bowl uh, last year. What was it when Wentz got traded? That was in February, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, I think it's like the 17th or the 18th, something like that. Matthew Stafford got traded, I think, also in February of last year. So uh, they agreed to to deal. They agreed to the compensation uh, to these deals, and then they actually become official uh, on the first day of the new league year. So we're sort of in like a weird uh, area of the NFL calendar where things really there's no like deadlines for anything to happen, and we're just kind of waiting. But at the same time. Things can happen at any time. So if the Eagles are going to make uh, a big splash move trading for a quarterback, I would say it's probably more likely that it happens between now and the start of the new league year in March uh, than it is after that. I agree with that. In addition to the uh, Breer note that you had there from last week, as of today, when we're recording this on Monday, February 14th, Valentine's Day, as Jimmy noted, uh, Albert Breer added in a blurb about kind of the quarterback landscape this offseason, he had the Eagles among teams in this category of like, quote, ready to take a major swing at quarterback. Okay. And he also had like the commanders in there. Uh, that's going to be so hard to get used to. I know. And I, <laughs> I, I still I, just referred to the Raiders as the Oakland Raiders in an article like right. a day ago. So that tells you like how, how long it takes me to adjust. Well, the Commanders one, too, is just like, come on. <laughs> this is the name. We talked about this uh, with the Washington fan, our good friend Brian Stabby on the NFC's mm -hmm. mixtape last week. And that was really good. If you didn't listen to that somehow already, go back and listen to that. Um, but as I said it, like I just smiled because like, I can't believe I'm saying this. Like, it feels like a joke that I have to say this. The Commanders, uh, the Panthers, and the Buccaneers or whoever else was in there. Um, so, you know, definitely think there's something to that. And yeah, totally agree that it could happen before uh, the start of the new league year. I think we will be seeing rumors pop up, especially, you know, the combine at the end of this month. That'll be pretty relevant. As you always know, that's kind of like when things I feel like start to heat up because yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like a couple of weeks before free agency and all of the executives and scouts and whatever agents are all in one place. So the, all, those, yep. that, all that chatter is kind of starting there or being even solidified more because it's in-person interaction. So I think that'll be an interesting point to watch in a couple of weeks, not just, you know, you think a combine, oh, it's interesting because of the draft prospects. And sure, that's part of it, but also just because of the rumors we'll start to see uh, come out. Our, uh, my good friend, Rob Stats Carrera, Jimmy, interviewed Russell Wilson. And it's a good interview. I'll send you the link. You should check it out. And so should you, gentle listener. Uh, maybe try to get Rachel to put that in the description here. Um, because he took it to Russ like, in his interview with him on, on Radio <laughs> Row last week, or virtual Radio Row. He really went at, after him. Um, because, you know, there was all those reports last year about, like, Russ, you know, kind of, like, approving those teams or whatever that he would go mm -hmm. to. 
And so he wasn't just like accepting like like he was no, I totally just wanted to stay with the Seahawks all along. He's like, well, he kind of had that out there. So maybe I'm reading into it too much. Maybe it's wishful thinking on my part because I would obviously really like for the Eagles to acquire Russell Wilson. But my vibe from that interview, even though Russ is saying all the right things as he usually does, and like, you know, I want to be back. I'm focused on Seattle. Like if to me, it's always about what isn't said and kind of reading between the lines. And like, I don't get the sense that he's like totally still committed there. And I don't think, I don't know how you could think that when again, he there was last year, he had a list of teams that he was like willing to go to. So I definitely think that's something to watch. I think Deshaun Watson is a situation that will continue to bear watching, obviously what happens with him. And I think the Eagles strong interest in him in last off season, like they're not going to just, I don't think they just forget about that. You know, I don't think they're just like, oh, mm-hmm. we tried. Now we're giving up. Like, I don't think that's just going to happen. Um, but, you know, we'll monitor that as well. So, yeah, I think something could be coming up here. Um, you know, no specific rumors. Like, you know, like as as much as it was with Carson Wentz, that kind of got to that point last year. Um, but will be interesting. Who was uh, who said who sort of linked Deshaun Watson and uh, Tampa? That was on NFL Network. It was one of either like uh, Rapsheed or Garofalo or Pelissero. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they mentioned that the Bucks could be interested in him. That makes sense. And also, you know, there's the idea that Tom Brady might come back, but not necessarily play for the Bucks. There's a lot of buzz about mm-hmm. him like going to San Francisco, apparently. Okay. So we'll see. I saw something today about uh, uh, an exec, an anonymous exec, said that the commanders... Uh, could justify uh, spending a first round pick for Jimmy G. <laughs> it's going to happen, man. That is so going it, to It's so going to happen. They could not justify that in my opinion, but it would be hilarious if that's the route, if that's the road they went down. Not from like an actual this is a smart <laughs> move, but I they can justify it from a standpoint of like we haven't been to the NFC Championship game since 1991. Jimmy G has been to the NFC Championship game twice in the last three years. Again, I think that's stupid. Defense in theory, yeah, yeah, I think that's dumb. <laughs> but like, that's what they would say. Yes. No, I'm saying like, uh, I like, I'm saying that they they could try to justify it. Yeah. And you know what? Their fans would buy into that eventually. <laughs> they'd be they'd, have to. they'd be very mad as soon as as soon as the deal went down, and then they'd very quickly talk themselves into it. That's fandom, maybe. <laughs> All right, let's take the second break here, I guess. Uh, If you are looking to buy or sell your home, uh, Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors, 856-906-9295, was voted by God as the best realtor in the history of the planet Earth. And I'm not sure if also the universe in in total as well. I'm I'm checking here, Jimmy, and yes, you're right. Okay, so it was at least Earth that she was named the best realtor in the history of the world. Uh, So, again, her number is 856-906-9295. If you buy or sell a house with anyone other than Kristen Roach, you are a certified idiot. Brandon? (laughs) (laughs) Back after this. Kristen Roach of Roach Real Tours, Roach Real Tours, Roach Real Tours. Kristen Roach of Roach Real Tours. She's the greatest. 856-906-9295. 856-906-9295. 9-2. 9-5. 9-2. 9-5. 
back here on BGN Radio, where we really pressure you to support our sponsors. <laughs> that's right. Um, but that's fair. Uh, they're, they're, that's, that's, but that's how much we believe in them. That's how good they are. It comes that's from right. a good place. Um, Jimmy, what do we have left? So uh, we should probably get to the Super Bowl, since that was <sighs> yesterday. Uh, <sighs> close game. I don't know that it was a great game. No. <laughs> it's two very flawed teams. Um, any takeaways you can uh, that do you have from this game as it as it relates to the Eagles? Number one, I beat you and it picks against the spread on the podcast this year, <laughs> so suck it. I think that's the second year in a row. Um, number two, I predicted the exact score of the Super Bowl: Rams winning twenty three to twenty. So everyone, suck it. Who said I couldn't do it? Uh, yeah, this is like your comeuppance episode. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I beat the BGN the readers in both the straight up picks and the whole staff. So everyone okay. suck it and uh, pace against the spread. <laughs> suck it. Um, so I'm killing it. I'm crushing it. Um, that's my big takeaway from the Super Bowl, Jimmy, is that I'm the best. Um, no, okay. my big takeaway from the actual game and actual stuff that people care about is I'm so bummed that Sean McVay is a Super Bowl champion. I just, I didn't <laughs> want it to happen. He didn't, he didn't even coach well in that game. No, he didn't he even didn't. have a, like, it's just such a Absolutely joke. Absolutely did not. It's such a joke. They kept, they kept running the ball. Like they couldn't run the ball and he just yeah. kept, he just and kept, he kept doing, doing it anyway. And they, they, they punted early in the game when they had a chance to go for, like, it just—it's really frustrating to me. He, he just happened to run into a coach who came from his tree and might also not be that great and overrated. Um, and obviously, the the you know the, there's such a big mismatch in the trenches, which you know was yes. a big concern heading into the game. Um, Bengals couldn't block him is really why they lost. The Rams won that game because they, the Bengals couldn't block Aaron Donald and Von Miller. It's really as simple as it gets. Yeah, and like we saw from the Eagles winning the Super Bowl, being stout in the trenches kind of matters mm -hmm. you know obviously so and that's a big reason why i picked the rams in this game i thought you know that advantage was going to be hard for them to uh or, or hard for them to not that was a mismatch in their favor is what i'm trying to say um i'm, I'm pretty frustrated by the call on logan wilson like i know that yeah. t higgins got away with a pass interference on jill ramsey and i thought that was a bad call before i even saw the replay i was like how was that not pass interference because like <laughs> yeah. it just looked like way too easy but i think there's a difference between missing a call not seeing something and inventing a call because that the, the call on logan wilson right. was invent i don't know what they were looking at what you saw to throw a penalty there like i can't see what you were seeing like you you just made something up that didn't mm -hmm. exist and I, that frustrates me more and also in the spot too like like really, like you're swallowing your whistles the whole game, and then at the end you're gonna get involved like too much. Like I don't know, I just that rubbed me the wrong way. I think that, well, they threw six penalties on the on the entire entire game, and three of them happened on that like in that last final series, mm -hmm. like at the end of that final series. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that that wasn't great to watch. Two of them, I mean, two of those flags, they 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 were clear penalties, and they had to throw those flags, of course. But you're right. The Logan Wilson flag it was just phantom. It was a phantom call completely. And what would it have been? Was that third and ten at that point? Fourth and, and yeah, it was fourth and goal. It would have been fourth and goal from it would have yeah, been around and goal there. From, yeah, okay, yeah. So uh, uh, obviously a huge play, and maybe they don't get in. Maybe yeah. they get in anyway. Who knows? But uh, it did take more time off the clock <laughs> right. because uh, because of uh, they got the new set of downs and whatever. Um, and not that it me not that it mattered anyway because the Bengals, you know. They turned it over on downs on the, the ensuing possession. It's not like they ran out of time or anything. Like but they that. might have had their timeouts to use at that That's, point. And, and they they might have they might have yeah they also might have played uh, that drive differently. Of course, 
Um, so we'll never know, but mm-hmm. it was, uh, I, I agree with you that that was a very weird call to make after they had swallowed their whistles for the entirety of that game. Yeah. So that was a bummer to me. Um, I guess nothing else <laughs> too big. Uh, I don't think it was that great of a Super Bowl uh, because of how it ended. Kind of, I don't think it was a terrible game. But how is it, how funny is it, by the way, that like two of the maybe worst Super Bowls in recent history did have both have Sean McVay in yes. them? Man, he's just so overrated, and I just I hate him so much. I really do. Uh, I mean, he, maybe he's a good guy, whatever. Personally, but like, you know what? Hate. I don't mind him as a person. Like, he's not like a jerk or anything. Well, yeah, like that. he's never really said anything that like is super objectionable. It's just he's just hateable for like through no fault of his own, but just because he's been called a genius by so many other people. And it's like, come on, like, what? Why? Why? Why is he so great exactly? And like, for like the big example was he got asked about. Well, I think it was the Bears defense, and he's just yeah. naming. But he's just – he did literally nothing more than just name the players on the Bears' defense, which if you can't do that, then you're the worst coach ever. <laughs> like, of course he's going to know all the, all the players' names on the Bears' defense. You could like, really? And people, like, lost their shit mm-hmm. because they're super impressed that he could name the players on the other team. It's crazy. It's crazy how much credit he, he gets for being some kind of mega genius. And, you know, he's fine. Like, he's a good coach. No question about it. Like, his record, I think, stands for itself. But uh, I'm with you that, like – like when you actually watch the way that some of his games go and like the game management decisions and oftentimes the the, the in-game strategy and the game plans, they don't match up with whatever perception, you know, people have about him being some kind of like prodigy or genius. And I don't think they're overachieving. I don't think he's overachieved. Like they've they have had crazy awesome talent. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, again, I don't think. He's the reason why they won the Super Bowl. Even close. Doug was a huge reason why the Eagles won the Super yes. Bowl. Huge reason. He was on a heater. Frank Reich, again, who everyone thinks is the real mastermind by the Super Bowl, would tell you that. <laughs> like, he was awesome. And McVay, it's like, and even in the playoffs, not in this, this game alone, like, they've won at times, maybe not necessarily always in spite of him, but, like, he wasn't giving them an edge. And I don't know. I just think it's kind of crazy that we're in the spot. I don't love it. Um, I... I've always felt uncomfortable about that year, 2017, him winning that award and all of the other Rams players, like winning all the other awards. Cause yes. it just felt to me like a very kind of like the NFL needs to justify and like really hype up the Rams being back in LA and not to say the Super Bowl was rigged, but like it just, I don't know. It was just, you know, I don't love it ending in that way where all these penalties are coming out. And I'm sure the NFL is really happy about the Rams winning and justifying <laughs> again football being back in LA. So I just I don't love all that. It doesn't feel it doesn't for, feel organic to me. It feels like forced, whether it's rigged or not. You got to feel really good for Stan uh, Cranky, <laughs> the guy. owner for people who don't know of the <laughs> yes. Rams, um, who moved the team away from St. Louis. Um, yeah, that's all I have. In the well, good Bowl. for the Bengals. I, I enjoyed watching the Bengals uh, throughout the playoffs. End the season. Very fun, young team with Jamar. Jamar Chase is awesome, by the way. Mm-hmm. And, oh, uh, that Joe catch Barrow's was gonna... insane. That was <laughs> I was like losing my mind when he made that catch deep down. Yeah, the field. When, he, when, when live, it was like, wow, that was a great catch. And then when they they showed like the slow mo, I was like, holy crap, that guy is so good. And he's beaten like Jalen Ramsey down yeah. the field. And uh, I mean, just Jalen Ramsey was, was like patting. I don't know if you saw, it was like patting his chest after that play. He was like, you know, like, that's on me. <laughs> yes. How often do you see Jalen Ramsey do that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, he's an awesome player. T. Higgins is uh, sort of the player that, like, I, I, I remember, like, during draft season that year, he was sort of the 
the the 50-50. They just knew him as like the 50-50 ball guy that mm-hmm. they didn't want because J.J. Ortega-Whiteside just hadn't panned out. And uh, Tyler Boyd is good like in, in the slot. Uh, Ozama is, was kind of hurt, but, uh, but you know, good tight end. And Burrow's going to be a really good quarterback for a long time, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But their offensive line, I don't know. I can't. I can't fathom how they got to the Super Bowl with how bad that offensive line is. It's crazy. And I think the one thing that maybe uh, we the, – the the annoying argument that we maybe avoided <laughs> by the way that game went was that you don't need an, a good offensive line to, to get to the Super Bowl because that argument was coming if they had won that game. And, uh, I mean, clearly they that's why they lost was because they just didn't have enough – they they had nothing basically on their offensive line. Their left their left tackle's good, and uh, beyond him, they just really had nothing. They couldn't block Aaron Donald. They couldn't block Von Miller. Uh, they really couldn't block Aaron Donald unless they had like two or three guys on him. Um, and you know when they did double him, it opened up so many opportunities. Aaron Donald should have been the MVP, by the way, not Cooper Cup. Um, Cooper Cup certainly deserving, but uh, Aaron Donald was was the reason they won that game, in my opinion. But uh, yeah, I mean, again, not a great game. It was close. It was decided in like the final minute so that's something but i'm with you that it was sort of a, a an aesthetically unpleasing game uh not as bad as the rams patriots game no. the year after the eagles won the super bowl that's the worst super bowl i think i've ever seen in my life um but uh this one sort of was in my opinion kind of a clunker but at least it was close it was, like i remember when i was growing up it was always um like the bills and the broncos just getting blown the hell out mm-hmm. by teams like the 49ers and the Cowboys in Washington. We're just killing those teams. Um, so at least the Super Bowls in, in more recently have, have been close and, and, you know, have actually, you know, they've given you a, a reason to watch through the entirety of the fourth quarter. Like a lot of those games are like over at halftime. One of them was like 55 to 10, <laughs> you know, stuff like that. So, uh, those days, the Super Bowl like wasn't really fun to watch, but at least, at least now we're getting a better product. Do you think there's anything to learn, Jimmy, from how these Super Bowl teams were built for the Eagles? Yeah, so I, I the thing about, you know, how do you win in the NFL? There's infinite number of ways you can win in the NFL. Like if before the season had begun, you, you like you looked at this Bengals team and you went, okay, well, their offensive line is horrid, but they have some young guys that can make plays from the skill positions. Um you know, they have this second year quarterback who, you know, is is, is going to, you know, grow in his, in his second year in the league. You would never peg that as a winning formula. Like, no way in hell. And they make it the Super Bowl. They almost win. You look at the Rams, like, trading away, you know, their first round picks through. I mean, they even made a first round pick since they took Goff in 2016. You would never sort of view that as a as a winning formula in my opinion like back when they when when they started sort of started you know going down that road uh way back when so there's sort of the thing for me is like i hate looking at uh you know the result of one season and saying that's the way it has to be done there there's any there's so many different ways to quote unquote skin a cat i don't know why you would skin a cat uh, yeah who's but, doing that uh, who's skinning cats i don't Stop know it. but uh, yeah, we're an anti-cat skinning podcast. <laughs> Agreed. Uh, sir, yeah, we we got our anti-cat skinning uh, certificate That's a tongue from twister. the anti. Yeah. Um. Anyway. Uh. So I don't like making too much of that, but uh, it is interesting that I, I and I think it's obvious. Of course, when you look at all the teams that made the playoffs and actually like won a game in the playoffs, 
the thing that they all had in common with the exception of the 49ers is they had a great quarterback. So like, I think that's the one tried and true, like sort of a common denominator of teams that make it far and, and actually have, you know, success, success and sustained long-term success is they have a great quarterback. That's the big takeaway for me. And uh, obviously that's like, that's like saying like, if you win the turnover battle, you can, uh, you know, you're probably going to win the game or you, you, your chances of winning the game increase. Well, guess what? If you have a great quarterback, your chances of winning the Super Bowl and having long-term sustained success, yeah, they, they're going to increase as well. Yeah, I think it's a good way to frame it. It's like there isn't <laughs> one perfect way. You know, like foolproof method, that doesn't exist. It's all about, you know, kind of picking a path that might be more likely than other paths, like giving yourself the best percentage chance. Yes. Like, and it's hard. Like hard, winning a Super Bowl is hard. Like maybe you have an elite quarterback and you have – I don't know. Let's say the Chiefs, for example, have like a 55% chance of winning the Super Bowl every year, which probably seems high, but I don't know. I'm just throwing that number out there. Okay. Well, there's 45% chance they don't, which is still a good amount. You know what I mean? Like if you're, are, if, are you willing to put like a hundred thousand dollars of your own money on a, something that's like 55% likely mm-hmm. to happen? I mean, maybe you are, if you're willing to take a big swing, but like there's considerable downside there. It's not a, a lock by any means, but you're giving yourself a good chance and yeah, I think it all comes back to the quarterback. I've obviously, you know, been on the record with this opinion, but I just don't I just don't think the Eagles how they think, they're going to just merely settle for Jalen Hurts. And I don't think they'd be doing themselves or I think they would be doing themselves rather a disservice to not really seriously explore these upgrades and make an aggressive move. I don't want to hear that the team is too far away. I just don't think that's the case because I don't think in general teams are too far away to get an elite quarterback. And I think the Eagles will have some ability to get one of those guys this offseason. And another key thing that I keep coming back to, Jimmy, and I've talked to you about this, is NFL is not the NBA. This is not like the Sixers process where they needed to really like rip it down to the studs and build it back up over time. Mm-hmm. In the NBA and maybe other sports leagues, it's really easy to like race out to the middle and then kind of get stuck there. I think in the NFL, that doesn't happen as much. I think it yeah. can if you... You know, make a big investment in a mediocre quarterback like Kirk Cousins. Mm-hmm. But even then, like if you you're kind of smart and you realize that he's not the guy, almost like the Colts kind of are doing with Carson Wentz, like you can you can pivot, you can move on. You're not necessarily locked into him forever, depending on the contract and everything. Um, so I just think it's worth it to take a big swing at the most important position and give yourself a chance. I think Russell Wilson would make a huge difference. And I, I just think about I think recently a lot about how like how much a quarterback can make a difference. And I think about specific players like Devontae Smith, putting him in an offense where the Eagles run the ball fewer than any team in the NFL is like such a disservice. Like you're taking one of your best players and a really great talent. And you're not even utilizing him as much as you possibly could because of the way you play offense. Like that sucks. And Quez Watkins, I think he could be a lot more intriguing. I, I think I meant to bring this up on the last pod. I don't know, like, I'm saying this is a one-for-one, one, but, like, I could see, like, Quez Watkins taking off almost, like, becoming Russell Wilson's next version of, like, Tyler Lockett, if, mm-hmm. you know, Russell Wilson paired with him, because Russell loves to throw it deep. He's going to throw the moon ball. He's going to chuck it down the field. Um, so, like, I think a quarterback can make a huge difference for some of these players already on the roster, and they could be a lot better than they might appear. Because um, I don't, you know, for, for whatever you think about Jalen Hurts, even if you're one of his biggest fans, I don't think you can argue he like makes players better, especially in the passing attack. Like again, throwing the ball the fewest amount of times in the league. So I just don't think like that's any any kind of good argument there. So I shouldn't belabor the also, point. Also, it's anymore. kind of fun in the short term to just get better immediately, like get sure. like substantially better. 
like that. Right. <laughs> like, so like, uh, odds just came out of like the Eagles, uh, uh, you know, Super Bowl odds in 2022 and they're 18th right now. So the teams that are ahead of them are the Chiefs, Bills, Rams, Bengals, Cowboys, 49ers, Packers, Broncos, Ravens, Cardinals, Chargers, Titans, Colts, Patriots, Buccaneers, Browns, and Seahawks. Uh, and then the Eagles are tied actually, uh, in 18th with the Dolphins, Vikings, and Saints. I might quibble with them being on the same level as those teams. I think they might be a little better than all three of those teams. Uh, wouldn't have, wouldn't put up much of a fight of any of the teams I named that were ahead of them. But let's say you add Russell Wilson to the team. Like, how much higher do they go up? Like on those odds, like, like just instantaneously, like they're probably close to somewhere near the top 10. Like you'd probably put the Chiefs, Bills, Rams, Bengals, Cowboys. I don't know about the 49ers. Uh, Packers of Aaron Rodgers returns Ravens. Maybe they feel like they're kind of on the way down. I wouldn't put the Cardinals ahead of them. Chargers, Titans, Colts. Like there's all these sort of like middling teams. Like I'd put them somewhere near the top 10. If you know, they, they trade for Russell Wilson tomorrow, for example. So, um, I don't know. I'm with you. I think that, uh, you know, as, as long as the price isn't crazy, uh, if it's a reasonable enough, uh, deal, you know, price cost it to, to bring in a guy like him. Uh, sure. I'm all in. It's fun. And, uh, I believe that he is not cucked in any way. Um, and that you can probably get another good four or five years out of him, by the way, four or five years. That's how long ago it was that the Eagles won a Super Bowl, Mm -hmm. and they've already sort of hit rock bottom since then and are sort of already on their way back up. So four or five years, while you just say it out loud or you like read it on paper or something like that, it doesn't sound that long. But when you actually live it, it's kind of an eternity. (laughs) You know what I mean? So like if you can have like a a franchise quarterback, a top 10 kind of guy, maybe borderline top five kind of guy uh, for four or five years, I don't think that's the worst thing. Can the Eagles win the one seed next year if Russell Wilson is their quarterback? The Rams just won the Super Bowl. So, like, I think they are they have more than their share of flaws. Um, and certainly the Bengals do as well. And they were in the Super Bowl. So you just look at the landscape of the NFC. And uh, I don't think it's – I don't think there's any juggernauts or anything like that. In the, in the AFC, like, I think, it, like, you would say that the Chiefs are would be way better. Mm-hmm. And the Bills would be way better. But there's no team in the NFC that you look at and you're really all that scared of. I mean, so that's is yes. there anyone? That's a yes. They what? can if Russ is their quarterback next year. The Eagles can <laughs> win the number po- one. It's possible, seed. sure. Can they do it? It's, if they bring... it's not likely. I don't think, but it's possible. It's possible. Can they do that if Jalen Hurts is back next year as the no. starting quarterback? Okay. Well, there you go. Um, <laughs> uh, okay. So you, you brought up the odds. Uh, anything else, Jimmy? Uh, I don't have anything else football wise. Uh. Did you have any? Uh, what, what did you eat? What, 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 did you, what did you order for uh, Super Bowl day? So I have four closing thoughts here. So I guess I'll oh, start with that. That okay. was one of them. Did I hit on one of them? Yeah. Um, so oh, well, the first thing, real quick, is I just wanted short. Is that I thought the Super Bowl being in LA was kind of fun from an aesthetic standpoint. Of like, I like the Rock coming out to like you know like, like to kind of juice up the crowd and get people fired up. I liked That's um, fighting words for uh, your friend Michael Buffer. Hey, I like Michael Buffer the best, clearly. <laughs> but like, I, I I think they should have both. I would like to see The Rock come out and kind of get the crowd hyped, and then Michael Buffer, our good guy, should do uh you know the intros for everyone, like introducing the teams. Like The mm-hmm. Rock should do like the general pump up for the crowd, and then Buffer should you know specifically introduce the teams. Um, mm-hmm. 
uh, nice save by me there. Um, <laughs> and, and you with the assist. I like the halftime show. I thought that was fun. Um, Dr. Dre and Snoop still got it. Halftime, halftime show was very good. They still got it, man. Like these, I was thinking like these songs are so old, but it doesn't matter. They're crushing it. Uh, mm-hmm. They were great. Um, so that was good. That was fun. Uh, for food, Jimmy, I went to Burns Tavern in Port Richmond. Um, they have a big sign on the side of the building. I think it's like, welcome to friendly Port Richmond. They have parking there. So this is very convenient. Um, picked up a 50 order of wings. 50, huh? Yeah. Uh, okay. Split between like six people or so. Um, oh, all right. Uh, <laughs> they were all for me. No. Um, they're really good. I saw some recommendations. Shout out to our vox media connected eater.com list of some of the best wings in philly and really tender like really like fall off the bone quite literally and that was really nice and the flavor was really good uh, i kind of souped up the flavor a little bit because i added some hank sauce which I'm, i love on wings shout out to anyone who knows what hank sauce is all about so that worked well for me and got some pizzas from cosette which i've shouted out here on the pod before uh what about you i got uh casa nostra here in uh, Marlton, got a pizza, got some uh, mac and cheese bites, fried mac and cheese bites, got some mozzarella sticks. Uh, forget what Kristen Roach, Roach Realtors got, but uh, hers looks, I think she got like a chicken dinner kind of thing. Uh, anyway, but they're they're very good. So if you live in or around Marlton, Casa Nostra is a, they're pretty good. Hashtag BGN feast. If you want to share what you got for your Super Bowl, if you had anything like really good that stood out and you felt like right. you just need to share it, um, you know, you don't have to share what, if it's, you know, wasn't particularly enthusing, you can, but looking for the standouts here. Um, and the last thing I had, Jimmy, was the James Harden trade. Ben Simmons is freaking gone. Oh, that that's right. Yeah. Huge loser is off the team. I should mention that. I'm so happy. <laughs> I can end my boycott of not watching the Sixers. I did watch the one Sixers game I went to in person because I was invited to, but I have not watched a Sixers game in full on TV since the beginning of the season because I didn't want to watch. Even though Ben Simmons wasn't playing, it still was too traumatizing to me. It just made me think about him and how it's stupid that he's like <laughs> holding the team hostage and, and being here. And I just wanted yeah. him gone so bad. But now I can finally watch them again. And they got freaking James Harden. When, when's uh when's their when's their next game? Is it Tuesday? The next game, as we are recording this podcast, is on Tuesday, February fifteenth, against the Celtics. It he's is not currently expected to play in that, right? It's currently unclear as okay. we're recording this if he's going to play or not. Um, so we'll see, but he could. Yeah, I'm happy Ben Simmons is gone. Uh, far, far bigger loser. Uh, than, I mean, not even in the same category. Like we we sort of had a little Carson Wentz bash session uh, uh, a little earlier in the pod, but Ben Simmons is a loser on a level all his own. <laughs> so like I too am very glad that, that he's gone. I'm not a huge James Harden guy though, mm. but I'll take him all day, any day uh, over Ben Simmons, of course. Um, and I'm interested to see like the dynamic between him and, and, and Bede and uh, Maxie and uh, the whole gang. So um I mean, they're as well positioned as anyone else, I think, in the conference, probably, right, to to get to the NBA championship. So, uh, I mean, I watch games sporadically, but now they feel like sort of like they're must-see TV. And you know what? That's sort of like what a high-profile trade will do, too. Mm. Like, it just makes it more fun. Yeah. So, like, don't be opposed to fun. 
All right. <laughs> All right, friends, listeners of the pod. Bringing it back to Eagles quarterback situation. Nice. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah, I, I, I do like James Harden a lot. I think he is actually going to be a really good fit with Embiid. I wanted them to trade for him before the Nets got him. Um, and I just think having having been a big man, Jimmy, in a former life in terms of playing mm-hmm. basketball, having a guy with that kind of creation ability and passing ability and, and spacing and everything because of his ability Shooting. to the gravity that he pulls, I think that's going to make some easier looks for Joel Embiid, at least comparatively to Ben Simmons, mm-hmm. who his man is playing like a billion feet off of him and like sagging <laughs> onto Joel Embiid because there's no threat of Ben Simmons shooting whatsoever or really yeah. even like necessarily taking it into the lane and getting fouled, especially in the playoffs. So uh, I'm really excited to see how it works out. I'm not going to say there's no downside. There's absolutely, there's downside to any kind of move. Basically there's no like perfect move in sports. There's always going to be some kind of risk. And with the trade, like you're always giving something up. Like I saw some people like, Oh, I wish we didn't have to give up. People don't want to give up Curry. Yeah. Seth Curry. It's like, like, I think Seth Curry is a nice player, especially for his yeah. contract. But like, it's James Harden. Like, what are we talking about <laughs> right, here? Like, you, right. you're not just going to get him for free. Like, I, mean, no, I guess you could have argued, okay, maybe they could have waited to the off season and he would have walked. But like, come on, like, if you can get him now, freaking get him now, because this season matters still too, especially with Embiid playing as well. Embiid's literally the MVP. He just is. He should have been last year. He's. I really, really hope they he, they actually give it to him this year, which I think they mm-hmm. will. Um, I can't wait. I'm really excited to watch the Sixers again. So I know this isn't the Sixers podcast, so sorry, uh, Eagles fans who aren't necessarily Sixers fans. But, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of a big thing. And like Jimmy said, it kind of – it does uh, – I don't know if it's as direct as this, but it kind of feels like it does put the ball on Howie's court a little bit because, you know, the Sixers <laughs> made the big splashy move. And it's like, okay, well, you got, what do you have, Eagles? Like, what are you going to do? You're going to just – That was more like a banner thing. That was yeah. a Joe Banner thing. He didn't like being upstage by well, it. Yeah, I don't think Howie thinks – I don't think Howie or Larry necessarily think of it directly that way, but like it is kind of like it's kind of a dynamic that exists. Like, you know, the Sixers yeah, are in the spotlight. I, I agree. Sure. And, you know, the Eagles want to steal it back or get you know, make a big move. Uh, so we'll see. But uh, I think that just about does it for this pod. BTN Radio 236. Who cares? Um, that was a good one, Jimmy. It was good to, good to get back on the saddle. We've been away for too long. Uh, we'll still have weekly pods moving forward here. Um, no matter what happens. So look forward to that. You can rate, review, subscribe to this show to help support the show. We'd appreciate that a lot. Leave a rating, review, all that. We'll read it on the pod at some point. Um, SB Nation NFL show. Like I mentioned earlier, Stats crushed it last week. He interviewed Russell Wilson and a billion other people. And really everyone on the network did a great job with that. So uh, you're going to want to check out that because there's still a lot of good off-season coverage coming up there. Not only Eagles, but league-wide. Obviously, we'll have the NFC mixtape coming up still every week. So that's good. A lot of good stuff going on here. Uh, so rate, review, subscribe so you don't miss out. Check out Righteous Felon Craft Jerky. Help support BGN Radio by going to RighteousFelon.com using discount code BGN15 for 15% off your order for the best meat snacks and non-meat snacks and everything they've got there at Righteous Felon. And if you're looking to buy, sell, or rent a house, you can go to RoachRealtors.com or call or text this number. Eight five six nine zero six nine two nine five. So you better do it, or else Jimmy is going to come hunt you down. That's right. That's a that's a personal guarantee. <laughs> um, and a threat. Yeah, and a threat. Uh, <laughs> legally, not a threat, just for uh, you know covering our bases, but parody. But uh, for parody's sake, it is a threat. Uh, all right, Jimmy, 
I'll see you next week. Goodbye, everybody. P G N.